Respectfully. 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 A Melanated Therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Rade. And I'm Dimitrik, and this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist Podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. All right, y'all. So last week, we talked about the different types of abuse and some of the common signs that someone may be experiencing while being abused. So today, we are talking about generational and cultural trauma. This is actually the last episode of our trauma series, so we hope that you all have heard something that resonated with you and that you could take with you and learn from. Um, If you would like to hear more about trauma, or have any topics in particular you really want to hear from us regarding this, email us at respectfullymt at gmail.com. Okay, so what is generational trauma, y'all? Generational trauma is the psychological effects of trauma that are transferred from one generation to another. Additionally, generational trauma is a traumatic event that impacts a subsequent generation's ability to understand, cope with, and heal from trauma. Cultural trauma occurs when members of a group feel like they have been subjected subjected to horrendous events that leave lasting marks on their group's consciousness forever making or marking their memories and changing their future identity in fundamental or irreversible ways. So ultimately, generational trauma is when we go from one generation to another and the cycle continues, okay? So it can leave a psychological effect, but it can also be the perpetual behavior of something. Mm -hmm. So this could look like parent was sexually abused, child then is sexually abused, okay? Mm -hmm. Parent was neglected or abandoned by their parent, child then is neglected by their parent, and so Mm -hmm. forth. Mm -hmm. Or this could look like parent experienced sexual abuse and has not healed from it. And so psychological trauma or psychological effects of that abuse is now onto maybe a child. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas cultural trauma can look like, honestly, a lot of the things that we see on the news of black men being killed, black women being killed, black babies being killed. um, That is a cultural trauma. Yeah. Okay. Well, that actually um, segues into the first question that I have, Rade, which is how does generational and cultural trauma show up in our community? And when I say our community, I'm kind of referencing the the Black community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ultimately, watching it constantly on the news, okay, is that cultural trauma, y'all. Um, I think that it shows up, man, in ways that we, I think, sometimes least expected to. Um, we can see, like, like I said, on the news, but we can also see it just within our community, right? So if you grow up in certain communities, if there are people being killed, people constantly being arrested, you know, things of that nature, then that is a cultural trauma, right? That is happening within your cultural space. With regard to generational trauma, I am a strong believer that we carry generational trauma and pain 
within our bodies, um, Black people in particular, mm-hmm. um, we have dealt with a lot of abuse that has been physical before mm-hmm. the psychological started to happen, or not psychological, but verbal. Because I think f- psychological can happen at the same time as the physical things are happening. And so with that being said, I think this starts to look like for us today, looking back on our history of slavery, looking back on history of our family, and those things starting to be erased. So the way I think generational trauma actually shows up now is different things like removing the critical race theory from being taught in schools. Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. um, physically dealing with ailments, right? Like I mentioned, carrying trauma within your body, Mm -hmm. Um, being, what word do I want to use here? You know what? I'll leave it at that. I think more of the things that I was going to say, I think are aligned with the next question that I want to ask you. So you go ahead and jump in here. Okay. So um, definitely agree with, the things that you just said. So for me, um, generational trauma um, can look like, you know, a family might seem emotionally numb or have strong hesitancies about discussing feelings. So then each subsequent generation takes that on. And that has happened in my own family. Like we didn't discuss our feelings. Uh, We didn't talk about our emotions. So, you know, um, that end up, you know, creating issues and relationships and and future relationships. Um, let's see, a family might see discussing feelings as a sign of weakness. So that could also be aligned with what I just said. And then, you know, some families might seem anxious and overly protective of their children or family members, even when there is no actual threat of danger. And then I think the biggest thing that, you know, has been present in my family um and of course, other families is sweeping sexual abuse under the rug. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. the damage of that, that it does to the individual who seemingly has received no support, you know, if they end up having children, they end up, you know, holding on to them so tight that they don't allow their child to live and grow freely. Um and then, of course, if, you know, God forbid, you know, sexual abuse happens to their child, then they may be more likely to sweep it under the rug as well instead of actually, you know, taking action on it. Um, mm-hmm. And then as far as cultural trauma, basically, like Rade said, you know, on social media, on the news, like Black people dying by the hands of the police or being severely injured due to police brutality based on the color of their skin, like all of those different things. And, you know, slavery itself, you know, I feel like that was the first cultural shock or cultural trauma Mm -hmm. that the Black community experienced as a whole. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Before... I really think we just kind of answered the next question that I I wanted to ask, which is, but I still think that there's more to give here. So what are some of the effects of generational and cultural trauma? Ooh, um, tall order. Um, (laughs) short, listen, tall order, (laughs) short episode. No, but, um, (laughs) for me, I, I feel that, you know, 
higher rates of mental and physical illnesses, um, addiction. Um, and I think one of the bigger ones is the destruction that it causes in families and community structures. Um, you know, mm-hmm. especially like with slavery, like there is a, um, unfortunate but common relatability and and cultural understanding of individuals in the black community that this is something that we experienced as a whole as a whole How, yeah mm-hmm. however the impacts of that is does not just extend externally like oh, okay then you know it creates prejudice against white people or other ethnicities but sometimes that impact starts internally within the community and the way that Mm -hmm. we treat each other, the way that we support each other, the way that we connect each other, because ultimately, you know, from slavery um, up until now, we've kind of been taught to, you know, um, although together, but to kind of look out for yourself because you don't want to be harmed. You don't want to be murdered. So there's like real, there's different silos within the Black community because it's almost kind of like, okay, you take care of self first and your family and that's it. But, you Mm -hmm. know, ultimately there's so much power in community. There's so much more that we could do together versus not. Yeah, that's that's just my opinion. I I 100% agree. I think that generational and cultural trauma, especially generational, um, that there is like internal force that keeps us together, but also breaks us up. And I think there's a duality in this, just like you were saying, but I think it can even start, like we said, internally. So like, let's look at within the home. Do you watch the show Atlanta? Yes. Yes. I haven't caught up on the, on the new season. Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Well, all I will say is episode called Three Slaps, okay? Okay. Epitome of generational trauma. I also want to point out, like, so when I'm saying generational trauma starts, uh, or like that we start to really see the effects of it in the home, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about, like, our parents whooping our asses sometimes because we got (laughs) out of line, right? And it's like, if I don't do it here, who you think going to do it out there? Is that, it's those concepts, right? right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as, you know, honestly, a lot of black families do this, which is you're not leaving a table to eat all this food, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it shows up in the slightest ways and also just within our ideals, right? Like that we Mm -hmm. should just be appreciative of sometimes the bare minimum because generationally that's what we've experienced that we just need to be appreciative of. Exactly. Um, And so it shows up in nuances, but I really do really, really, really agree with you with regard to that individualism versus the community aspect of things where it's like we want to come together, but then there's still this hypervigilance of I still got to take care of me because if I don't, then somebody's going to take advantage. Mm-hmm. And that general, exactly. generational trauma looks like us always being fucking taken advantage of. Exactly. Like, you know, like it ends up looking like people appropriating our culture. It looks like Mm -hmm. taking us away from our lands, our countries, and utilizing us to do things that they can't do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my God, best experience was my first time visiting a plantation that it's told, it's the one plantation that's told by the view of the slaves, the story when you go through the tour. Oh, wow. And I can't, oh my God, I wish I could remember. I have to ask my mom and sister now what the name of that plantation was, because now I feel 
so um I just I feel very distorted not knowing not remembering the name of that plantation but <laughs> that experience right like learning about all the things that our people brought here to the states right mm-hmm. or to when in that time it was Louisiana but like brought here and knowing like seriously like y'all had people picking cotton rice and making sugarcane because they knew how to do this. You had them singing and dancing in in your living rooms because they knew how to play instruments. They knew how to use their voice. They they knew how to use their bodies. It's all of these things that I think have they've been appropriated in some way and that's what our generational trauma ends up looking like, right? Like we don't want mm-hmm. we don't want that shit to be taken away anymore, right? However, right. it's still happening. So, <laughs> exactly. And I feel like, you know, just latching on to what you're saying, because I, I, I completely agree with all of that, is the weight of that perpetuation or stereotype of Black people being strong and resilient. Now, mm-hmm. granted, we are strong and resilient because we've had to be. But at one point, at what point do we get to experience our experiences emotionally? When do we get that respect of allowing us to process and heal our generational trauma or even our individual trauma? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of this generational stuff impacts our ability to heal our own individual traumas because we didn't express our our emotions or trauma swept under the rug or traumas not even, you know, stated or exist or defined in our households. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up um, whoopings (laughs) because (laughs) I'm not against them. Um, And I actually, you know, call them spankings. I'm not against spankings, but Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, that that's passed down from generation to generation to mm-hmm. control inappropriate behavior. But at the same time, I feel like you have to read the room. And when yep. I say read the room, let's say, so me and my, I'm going to use me and my brother as an example. Um, So I am more actually, listen, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it in, in a very direct way. So you don't have to do much to put the feel God in me. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can raise your voice and tell me to sit my ass down and I'm going to go sit my ass down because I don't want to see what's going to happen after that. But my brother, he from the show me state, he's going to have, he going to need a spanking because yelling at him to, I'm sorry, talking to him, like you need to sit down, you know, go ahead and stop doing that. Sit down. Like he like, who are you talking to? And he going to go about his business now. But when you raise that octave, sit your, you know, then... <laughs> He gets in line. So the moral of the story is, it's not all children require whoopings. No. Some of your children can process what you're saying to sit their ass down and be quiet without you having to yell. I'm sorry, without you having to raise your voice or reach out and touch them. However, there are children that you have to raise your voice and Mm -hmm. tap that bottom in order for them to get the lesson. So (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, You know what? I, you know what? I can't even say that I, I don't agree, but I think it's important that parents understand their children enough to know when it's appropriate and also understand their children enough to know, is this helping or harming them? Mm -hmm. Right. And let's be very clear. A spanking is something that does not leave a bruise. Right. It, and it doesn't not just abuse. happen all the time. Right. It doesn't happen all the time. Right. But 
Also understand when spankings are no longer effective or when they're just not effective, period. Yes. And knowing when to stop. Yes. Also, spankings cannot come without a conversation. Hello. Okay. Hello. Preach, if sister. You're gonna preach. It, if you're going to do it, okay? Like, we have all been black kids before, okay? If you just get a beat versus getting a spanking and having a conversation, I think there may be a different thing received there if that's what you're going to do as a parent okay mm-hmm. now there was something else that you made me think about here which is the the resiliency of black people with the generation and cultural trauma and i think a lot of that has to do it starts to show the angry black man angry black woman stereotype mm-hmm. and I don't think that we can have this conversation without acknowledging that because I think we spring into this hypervigilant where it may look like we're being angry, but truth of the matter is we're probably not angry. We're probably using intentional anger because we need you to know, don't fuck with me. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's that it's don't take advantage. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, However, that, right. (laughs) And I think (laughs) at this point that sometimes gets taken out of context. Um, with people that are not minority, I will say that. Yeah, absolutely. I I <sighs> actually do the same thing. Like I actually have to watch myself now. Like I'm not. How do I explain it to people who don't know me? I am nice, but I'm not friendly. And people are like, well, what's the difference? So. I'm not friendly because I'm not just going to walk up to you and be like, hey, how you doing? Let's talk. Mm -hmm. Let's chat. Um, I'm probably going to, my eyebrows are probably going to be scrunched up if you see me in public when I'm on a mission Mm -hmm. because like Rade say, it's just this perpetual don't fuck with me vibe that, you know, Mm -hmm. some of us have going on. But as soon as you interact with me, be like, well, hey, how you doing? You're going to get a smile. You're going to get, hey, I'm fine. How are you? I will actually engage with you but i'm not running up to the show but i will participate in the show if i am invited um and the only uh, and i want (laughs) to right and the only um i wanted to go back to when you were talking about the whoopings i feel like you you made or the spankings you made a really good point about having a conversation that a a spanking should come with a conversation and what i mean Mm -hmm. by that it's not you know in the black household not while you're getting a whooping didn't i tell you not to do you know (laughs) not that we mean after you tear that ass up go sit in the living room or sit in a room next to your child and tell them this is why mommy or daddy gave you a spanking. And this is why it's important not to do X, Y, Z. That's what Rade is, it was yes. talking about. Because listen, I've gotten plenty of, well, I wouldn't say plenty, but I've gotten enough whoopings when, you know, I'm being talked to as that, that belt is hitting that bottom or that switch from Mm-mm. outside is hitting them legs. You Trying know what I'm saying? Listen, for real. And uh, girl, do you remember when they used to make you go p- pick your own? Go, and you bet, girl, and you bet oh not come back. God. And you bet not come back with a little one. Because if you come back with a little one, they're going Listen. to get one. And it's going to be five times bigger than, um, oh, than the one that you chose. So I got real good at picking medium-sized switches. One that would satisfy her and one that wouldn't really tap my ass up. But, my, um, grandma, my grandma Daisy used to keep her switch on top of the... Um, <laughs> Oh my God, bless her heart. I love her so much. She used to keep her switch on top of the refrigerator, honey. Just for warning, okay? 
Like, oh, yes, like same. Listen, no. whole side of my grandparents' house, nothing but bushes or switches. Bushes, bushes. Like when I say side of the house, straight bushes. Now, eventually, you know, they got rid of them over the years. But honey, growing up, it was just plentiful bushes on the side of that house. So you had a a plethora of choices. You had choices. Uh, listen, and Jesus. it was. But it was the psychological uh, part of it, not even yeah, the book. Like it's said. like the fact that one, I know I'm finna get my ass whooped. Two, I got to go pick the tool that you finna whoop my ass with. Like that is, listen, that's psychological warfare. Listen, these parents and grandparents from back in the day, y'all knew what y'all was doing, honey. That was psychological warfare. Oh my god! Like I said, um, she used to keep it right on the top of the fridge. Like yes. y'all can see that switch, can't you? <laughs> listen, and then the only other thing I wanted to say is, like you say, you know, knowing your children and when you know they get to an age where spankings are no longer appropriate for them. Uh, my mom learned early on that the TV. And that telephone was my bread mm-hmm. and butter. So you could give yeah. me a whooping. But if I can go jump and look at TV or get on that phone, girl, we good. Girl, okay, we don't have a moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, have a nice day. But I'm back to my regularly scheduled programming. But honey, mm-hmm. when Kathy, Miss Kathy, took away that phone, <laughs> and that it really was the phone. The TV, I could do without because I can read a book. But honey, that phone... And cutting off that communication with me and my friends, oh, girl, you would have thought that I was about to die, like that my <laughs> entire world was over and that God had opened up them gates and gave me a, and had a chariot waiting for me to take me to heaven, honey. Oh, my God. Same. I was about to say, look, you're talking about Miss Kathy. I was about to say, child, Rocky knew. She was like, <laughs> she knew. She, I remember, I will never forget one day we were, she took away my phone. I don't know. I remember for what, but who knows? Cause what the hell was I doing? But I was in like middle <laughs> school and <laughs> we were driving to school one day and I was like, mom, like my fingers hurt. She was like, that's because you be texting too much on that phone. <laughs> not giving it back to me. And I'm like, well, shouldn't that be reason why you give it back? Like, hello girl. You don't want my fingers to hurt. Like, <laughs> Yes. Listen, y'all, and I'm not trying to um, toot our own horns, but our mothers are a whole vibe. Um, When we graduated um, from our graduate program, we all went to the same place and I got to meet Miss Raquel and uh, Rodney got to meet (laughs) Miss Kathy. And it was just, it was just a whole vibe. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I I love Miss Raquel. She's she's so sweet. Um, (laughs) Yes. Love Miss Kathy too. Listen, but you know, but we know the backstories. We know what they can do when they're right. not so sweet. <laughs> but we love y'all. We, love y'all. Uh, we do. <laughs> Mother, listen, Mother's Day is coming. You know, we'll hook, we gonna hook you up. We gonna you know. hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, y'all. It's time for our therapist Q and A portion. Demetri, do you have the first question? Yes. Yeah, so the first question mm-hmm. is. Oof. Okay. I was sexually abused by a family member during my childhood. And after I told my parents, nothing happened to him. Although he does not interact with me, he is still allowed to attend family functions. I don't want to walk away from my family, but I don't see, but I don't want to see or be around him. So what should I do? All right. This is hard. Okay. I'm just yes, saying that is. right now. Okay. Right. This is hard. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> This is hard. For one, um, I hope that you are in therapy and doing the work that you need to. Amen. Like Demetri and I have talked about, the healing process is on you. However, I am very, very aware of how hard it is for you to heal while your abuser is constantly in the same space as you, creating Mm. trauma or trigger. 
So keep yourself safe. I'm, I hear that you don't want to leave your family, but find time to, or if you can find a way to keep yourself safe. So if that means you are not going to these family functions, don't go. If it means I'm not coming and when someone calls you, the person that knows about the trauma history with that person, say that. I can't mm-hmm. be there while he is there. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I know that was not your experience, but this was mine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, your family doesn't really have a choice of whether or not they're going to accept that or not because this is your decision. Mm-hmm. And... At the end of the day, the hope is that they will respect your decision, but also understand that some of them may not. Mm-hmm. Also understand that some of them may also have been abused by this person in your family. And at this mm-hmm. point, they're also just probably used to them being around. Mm-hmm. It's staying around. Yep. Um, or, like yes. Yeah, so... so with with especially if they're still around the family at this point someone probably also knows what they have been doing he has been doing mm-hmm. um but yes please 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 make sure in therapy and working on your healing and create a safe space for yourself so if this means you were going to these events or these family events um make sure that you can keep yourself safe with a support mm-hmm. next to you throughout the event if you decide mm-hmm. to still go um but understand to and I hate, I hate to say this, but understand too that your family may not come along with you for this ride of mm-hmm. not being at these events. Right. And so maybe in the present, you will lose interaction and have to walk away from your family until they maybe get it. Yeah. Because you have wow. to protect yourself. Yes, why they come through with that sound advice slash recommendation. Um I'm not going to add anything to that. I'm going to put a period on the end of that one because I feel like you hit all of those things. And child, anything I say will really just be um, pretty much identical to what you're saying. Um, But the biggest thing for me is do whatever you need to do to be safe Mm -hmm. and we'll deal with the consequences or the fallout later. Yeah. Your safety is always first. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, you guys. So the next question is, so we know that generational trauma exists and we talk about it in general, but how do we start or begin the process of healing? Well, this Mm. is good, especially since we talked about what does healing mean to us? Did we talk about that in this episode? No. No, that was the last episode. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but we always healing and growing always, and always. We, that's going to be a constant theme in this podcast is processing, healing and growth. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so another tall order, honestly, for me, I think it's by continuing to have conversations like the one that Rade and I just had. Um, I think it's very important to involve yourself in your community, whether that's a church, whether that's a nonprofit organization, just anything that will help support the message of healing, basically involving those community leaders saying, hey, can I come to your event and talk about generational trauma and the things that we can do to heal that, Um, you know, different. And then from there, just figuring out what healing, what that generational or cultural trauma healing looks like for you. Because some people may have family members that were, you know, and actually heard stories of being slaves 
You know, whereas some Black family members may obviously have that in their lineage, but they don't have any direct accounts of what their family members experience. So healing that general generational and cultural trauma is going to look different for each family slash each individual. And then understanding that the only way that we're really going to heal, um, although it starts from within, is by us actually coming together. Mm-hmm. So actually doing things that promote togetherness within the Black community and doing things that bring people to the to the table to have some of these more difficult conversations to look like, okay, what does healing look like for our community? What can we do to start this, this movement for other people mm-hmm. who want to get involved and, and take it with them and, you know, make it a national thing? Yeah, ultimately. Yeah. Another call to action, pretty much. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add to this either. I think the one thing I really want to say is respect each other's space and Mm -hmm. understand that someone's trauma process or trauma experience is not always parallel to yours. And so ultimately give them the opportunity to heal the way they need to in a healthy way, of course, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but also give yourself the space to do that. Um, you know, I think when it comes to generational trauma overall, you know, I think it's just going to be important that we, that you really take time to understand how history and past experiences, previous generations have experienced things and how that is impacting you. What do you mm-hmm. feel about that? What do you think about that? How do you behave as it relates to that? And then, you know, as we are all becoming older, right? When you have your children being intentional about not carrying that generational cycle, that trauma cycle along with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know what was traumatic to you. Now, I will say, this is interesting because this is a conversation my partner and I was just having, were just having recently, is that... You know, as parent, parents don't have rule books. They don't have a mm-hmm. they don't have a book to tell them what to do, right? We learn from our experiences, we learn from other people's experiences. And so take heed to what other people talk about regarding their trauma mm-hmm. as well as your own and implement ways that you can create a safe space for your children moving forward, for your friends moving forward, for yourself moving forward. Absolutely. And shout out to Tarana Burke with the Me Too movement and Mm -hmm. Patrice Colors with the Black Lives Matters movement, because those are the things that we're talking about as far as, you know, the community aspect aspect and that call to action that they mentioned. Yes, 100%. All right, fam. Well, now it's time for our Earth Lesson of the Week. Remember, you are greater than your trauma. Process, grieve, and heal your wounds. Your soul and your heart will thank you. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram at respectfullymt and send your questions and topic requests to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace, y'all. Respectfully. 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 Respectfully, a melanated therapist. 